0: Larissa and I, for the last several years, have been leading an Ohana group, uh, a Blue Water Ohana group in Kapolei, on the west side. West side! Where are my west side people at? West side? Um, So we've been leading the Blue Water Ohana group over on the west side. And uh, some of you might know this, but we, about in June, Larissa and I took a trip to the Philippines for a week. And we were there to... To spend some time with some pastors and some leaders there, uh, Filipino pastors and leaders, uh, to, to learn from them. What are they doing? What are they learning? Um, and to spend time, to, to take a week and to spend time with the poor. So at our Ohana group, we decided, and we do this uh, you know, pretty much every week, at the end of Ohana group, the week before we left, um, everyone gathers somebody in the middle for what we call pot prayer. Um, and that week, because we were about to go internationally, Larissa and I got set in the middle of the, of the room for mush pot prayer. And so the entire Ohana group gathered around us and laid hands on us and began to listen to God. Um, very simple, listen to God. Is there a sense of what God's uh, saying to us? Is there a sense of any blessing that God's putting on people's hearts? So people began praying out blessings over us as we prepare to go to the Philippines. And different people start praying, different things. Um, and at some point, Alex Panita, who's in our group, Alex Panita starts to pray some blessings over us. Um, and, you know, there are things like, I feel like God's you know filling you with power. God's going to be speaking to you. You know, some things that kind of feel like, oh yeah, what you would expect. And then he pauses and he goes, oh, and one other thing. I keep hearing the name... Tino, 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 like Tino or, or, or teen. Like God's giving me this name, you need to be paying attention for Tino or teen. And in the Philippines, Alex was explaining, in the Philippines there's, there's, just, there's a lot of nicknames. So Tino, it's gonna be short for something. I don't know what it's short for. A lot of things it could be short for, but it's Tino or teen and it's short for something. But whoever that is, God wants you to pay attention because God's speaking to Tino and we were like oh okay we'll be paying attention for Tino Um, as a side note where's Alex Alex stand up stand up if you want to get a specific prophetic word from somebody who's gifted you want to go talk to Alex right there um, he will pray for you and he'll get something quite specific that's a gifted man sit down Uh, we got that word and the very next day we were off to the Philippines. Um, I'm going to come back to that story a little bit later. Um, this is the fourth week. We've been in a series together as a church. If you've been here, we've been in a series called God Speaks. We have a God that's not far away doing his, sort of his own thing way off, but no, God's close and he speaks to his people. We have a God that loves to speak all the time. We heard three weeks ago from my wife, Larissa, uh, spoke about God speaks to me, right? The reality that God loves to speak to us, right? If we're just wanting to, if we're just gonna listen, right? And the best kind of life is to hear God speak and then obey, right? And then we, we heard later from Ben who talks about, yeah, God speaks to us even in groups, like as an Ohana group or as a church, right? And in fact, that's a lot of times how revivals begin, when God speaks to us in groups. We heard from Antonio last week about just the ministry of having words spoken over you and getting to speak words over others and how important it is that we we learn to do that, hear God's word for other people. That's what Alex did for us. This morning, we are finishing out the series with the sermon that we are calling, God Speaks to Them. God speaks to them god doesn't only speak to those of us who know him already god speaks to unbelievers god speaks to seekers god speaks to people who aren't going to church right now god speaks to people who aren't even sure what they believe right now god speaks to unbelievers you don't need to be a christian to hear from god how do I know this? How do I already know this is true? Well, the Bible is actually filled with stories of God speaking to people who don't already know him. All the way back into the Old Testament. If you look at Abraham, right? Abraham, when God began speaking to Abraham, he was what? He was a pagan astrologer. God spoke to him. He heard. And he became the father of, of what is now the, our, our faith, right? The Christian faith. Um, later on in the New Testament, in fact, this Allerisa spoke about this. The Apostle Paul right, in the book of Acts. When God got a hold of the apostle Paul, his name was Saul, and he was not a Christian. In fact, he was a Christian murderer, right, who was persecuting people of the faith in Jerusalem. God spoke to him as an unbeliever, got a hold of him, and Paul's life was changed. God speaks not just to Christians, but to non-believers as well. Um, And so in this series, it would be a mistake for us to stop at the reality that God speaks to us. That's an amazing truth, right? And I love that God speaks to me. Um, It would be a mistake for us to not also consider the fact that God is right now drawing people who don't yet know him to himself, amen? He's doing that right now as we sit here, all over the world. Um, In fact, in this room, um, this morning, there are people from all over the, the faith continuum, if you want to call it that, right? There's some of us in the room that have been Christians for a long, long time. Others of us in the room, maybe we're, we're newer in faith and we're kind of learning how to walk it out. Others of us in the room are still checking things out, trying to figure out faith, not sure what you believe. Um, and I just want to say from here, from the, from the position I'm in, welcome. Wherever you're at in your faith journey, wherever you're at in figuring things out with God, Welcome glad you're here and I believe God has something that he wants to say to you this morning. Um, in fact, turn to the person next to you and just tell them that God's speaking to you this morning. God's got something he wants to say to you this morning um, and I know Antonio prayed. Let me, let me go ahead and, and, uh, and pray for us again. God, thank you that you are the God, not just the the God who's personal and speaks to us individually, but you're the God who is perpetually and always drawing the world to yourself, that you speak to those who don't even know you or believe in you yet. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come, be with us this morning, speak to us, speak to every person here in this room, Lord. We give you this time Would you speak? Amen. Um, Well, we're going to look at a passage, one of my favorite passages in Scripture, um, uh, of of a story in the Bible where God is speaking to a non-believer. All right, and and also in this story uh, features a believer. His name is Philip. Uh, Antonio briefly mentioned Philip last week in his sermon, if you were here. Um, And so in this story, I want you to just pay attention to how God is speaking to the non-believer and also Philip, what Philip's role is in the entire thing, okay? So we're in Acts chapter 8. The scripture is going to be, the passage is going to be in your bulletin. It'll also be up here on the big board. Or if you have your old school analog Bible, you can open that up as well. Side note, we asked our son, like, hey, buddy, why didn't you bring your Bible to church this morning? He usually does. And Aaron turns to us and says, they're not giving us points anymore for it. So anyway, hopefully there's some of you who don't even need points and you brought your Bible this morning. All right, starting in verse 26. Um, Quick background before we jump in. So Philip is a leader in the early church. Um, Philip was one of the seven who was, who was chosen as one of the faithful to, uh, to be a servant, right? He was seen as, as faithful, and he was chosen to serve the widows and the orphans. Um, and soon after that, he became himself an apostle, bringing the word to, uh, to foreign lands. In fact, at this point, <clears throat> excuse me, Philip has already left Jerusalem, where the, the church is centered at that point. He's left Jerusalem, and he has moved on to preaching the gospel in Samaritan villages, right? Villages that don't know the God of the Bible. Um, And he's taking the gospel to places that are ethnically and culturally different than him. Philip is a cross-cultural evangelist at this point. Okay, so here we go, starting in verse 26. Philip's in a Samaritan village, and it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south, Philip. Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So quick note, Philip was actually north of Jerusalem at that point. That's where Samaria was. So Philip's up here, and the desert road is down here. The desert road was a road that led from Jerusalem down to Old Gaza. Old Gaza used to be a trade hub, but at this point, Um, in history was no longer kind of the main trade hub anymore. It was somewhere else. So there used to be kind of a main road that went in between Jerusalem and Gaza that now had become kind of a deserted road. No one really took that road anymore. So the angel sending Philip to the desert road is sending him to a deserted road. Not a uh, strategic ministry decision, if you want to call it that. So, picking up in verse 27, Philip hears this word from the angel, and it says, He started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and then on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot. Side note, he's in a chariot, he's rich. Uh, this is, right? This is the, uh, he's sitting in a Ferrari right? Uh, he's got money. Uh, he's, a, he's a high-ranking official. He's in, the, he's in the cabinet, right? He's in charge of the entire treasury of Ethiopia. So cabinet-level official cruising around in a Ferrari. He's sitting there and he's reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit tells Philip, go to that chariot and stand near it. It says, Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He's reading the scriptures. And Philip says to the eunuch, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. The eunuch says, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And so the eunuch invited Philip to come up into the chariot, high rolling, and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. And this is a scripture from Isaiah, but it's a prophecy about Jesus. Here's the scripture. He was led like a a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, "Uh, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, it said they came to some water and the eunuch turned to Philip and said, Hey, look, here's some water. Uh, What would stand in the way of me being baptized right now? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again. But the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Now, quick note at the end. Uh, that, that thing where Philip sort of baptizes, baptizes the eunuch and then just disappears out of thin air and shows up somewhere else, um, I'm not going to get into that too much except to say that's a pretty crazy exclamation point on an already crazy story. A lot of people, a lot of commentators have a lot of thoughts about that. I'm just going to say that's a nice exclamation point. So this is an amazing story. And I love this story. So much could be said about it. I want to just give us a few observations, though. First, the Ethiopian eunuch. How is God speaking to the eunuch in this story? Well, what we see at least at first, the eunuch comes across the, the, the words of the prophet Isaiah, right? And he's reading them. And at some point for the eunuch, they, they stop being just words on a page. But something begins happening in the eunuch's heart. Like he knows there's something going on. It catches him in some way. There's something more to this. And you can tell because it leads him to, to travel to Jerusalem where he's heard something about the Jewish God. And he's worshiping a God that he doesn't quite know. And as he's coming away, he's still pondering these words. You might say that the eunuch is curious, right? He knows there's something going on. God's speaking to him Through Scripture and it's caught him. But we see further on that the second way that God speaks to the eunuch is through a person, right? It's through a believer. It's through Philip. God speaks to the eunuch through Scripture. God speaks to the eunuch through Philip. In fact, in some ways, Philip was an answer to prayer for the eunuch. The eunuch wanted understanding and God said, Oh, you want some understanding? I'll send some to you. Um, the result in the passage, this dramatic conversion story, right? The result is someone goes from being curious to having things explained to being a baptized, rejoicing believer who goes back to his land. In fact, tradition tells us that this Ethiopian eunuch is the one who brought the gospel to the entire continent of Africa. The African church today still points to the Ethiopian eunuch as this story and this story as like their founding father. Right? Amazing. So let's pivot over to Philip. What's going on for Philip? Couple things. So first, before this story even begins, where is Philip? Well, Philip is in Samaria, right? He's in a land that's different than his own culture. He's in a land that's different than his own ethnicity. Why? Because Philip already at this point sees himself as a person on mission, right? That's the first thing. Philip already sees himself as a person on mission. And it's in that place of of being already explaining and bringing the good news of Jesus to other people that Philip hears from God. So he's already on mission. Second, what do we see about Philip? Right, Philip, when he hears the instructions from the Lord, he's immediately obedient. You guys notice that two times in the passage, how obedient Philip is? So the first time he hears this word from God, and it's like, go to the desert road. A word that clearly wouldn't make a whole lot of ministry sense. Go to a deserted highway. But there's no back and forth that Philip has with the Lord. right? Or with the, the voice of the angel, the passage says. right? right? He just goes. Philip's obedient. And then in the second time, God gives him this other, what I think would be a totally awkward instruction, which is go stand next to that chariot. Right? Go get around this person who's clearly in a different social status than you, who probably doesn't think too much of you, right? who's, who's richer than you, who has a higher place in, uh, in the social strata than you do. Go stand next to him and see what happens. Right? So if that's me, I'm thinking like, uh, awkward, but what does Philip do? He runs, right? he, he runs to the chariot. I don't know what this is about, but I'm game for it, right? That's Philip. So Philip is obedient to the, to the words of the Lord, even if he doesn't understand what they're about. I just wanna pause, are you that open? Are you that open to words that God gives you? Right, when God gives you kind of a random instruction, right, is your first thought, whoa, that's weird. I'm gonna sit on that for a while and, nah, probably not do it, right? Right? Or is your first thought like, I got no idea what that's about, but I'm in, Jesus. Right? Which, which of those is it for you? I think there's something to learn here from Philip. And the third thing we see is that when Philip starts to hear this man speaking the words of Isaiah, right, his ears perk up. Oh, that's what I was supposed to hear. That's, that's the thing that God's up to. Notice that in the passage, I found this interesting, that that's where the instructions from the Lord end. Right? Philip doesn't get another word that's like, now say this, now do this. Once Philip hears this, this curious person, Philip just does what he knows how to do, which is explain the gospel, explain about Jesus. I don't even think it was that fancy. Philip was ready to help someone know about Jesus. Philip was available, Philip heard and obeyed the words of the Lord, and then Philip helped someone understand the gospel. And because of that, Philip got to be a part of the story of the entire continent of Africa receiving the gospel. Is that crazy? I think that's crazy. Because Philip was available to, to do the awkward thing that God was leading him to, he got to be a part of the, We get to hear the story of Philip bringing the gospel effectively to Africa. We get to hear about it. Philip got to live it. And again, I think there's, a, there's an invitation for us in this. Right? Do we want to hear the miracle stories? And there will be some. There have been, there are. We hear miracle stories in this church all the time. right? And there will continue to be that. Do you want to hear them or do you want to live them? I know for me, I want to live them. This is the kind of stuff that fires me up. Um, so I grew up going to church. Um, my, my entire... My entire life, uh, I've been been going to church. I attended church as a child. My parents brought me to church. so I knew I was kind of around the teachings of Jesus my entire life. Um, It wasn't really until I went to college, though, um, my freshman year in college, that, that God really began to get a hold of me. I began to look at Jesus. In some ways, I began to look at Jesus for the first time. I began to study the life of Jesus. And I would start at the beginning of a gospel and just work my way all the way through. And I realized, oh my gosh, I've been alive for 19 years. And there's stuff about Jesus I have never seen. And not only that, I've never seen it lived out. And I begin to have this hunger. Jesus, you're so good. I want to live, live like you lived. I want to do the things that you did. I want this kind of life. Experience this new kind of love that God had for me. Well, at some, point, at some point that freshman year, my freshman year, I was studying the story of Jesus, where Jesus talks about this shepherd. And the shepherd uh, leaves the 99 sheep to go after the one sheep. You're probably familiar with this parable. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a metaphor, right? It's a metaphor about how God goes after the lost, those that are lost. He doesn't want a single person to be lost. So he leaves the flock of 99 to go after the one who is lost. And that's God's heart, he loves the lost. And I remember studying that passage, I'm a Christian at the time, and I remember thinking, wait, in this story, I'm like, I'm part of the 99, and Jesus is is leaving, and I kinda got sad, I kinda got sad that like, I I wanna be the one, right? Like, I, I kinda always wanna be the one that Jesus is coming after. And so I just kinda sat there in that, and in that moment, I distinctly heard God say to me, come with me. I, I, as, I'm, as I'm going after the one, Steve, come with me. And it was like, oh, I, I didn't even realize that was a, an option. Right? come come with me. Come do the thing that I'm doing. If you want to stay with me, if you want to be near me, don't stay in the flock over here. Come with me as I'm rescuing the one. Um, specifically, God said these words. He said, come with me. You know what it'll, it'll be like? I'm like what, God? He'll be like, it'll be like, take your child to work day. <laughs> and I am like. Oh, that's kind of cool you guys know take your child to work day right so um, so uh, I'm, I am now uh, in addition to being kind of a, a, a pastor and a, and, a, and a Christian leader I'm also uh, a mortgage broker right so for the past couple of years I've been helping people get loans to buy homes and um, several months ago um, I decided I'm going I was gonna bring my three kids to the office with me um, to the, to the mortgage loan office, right? And, and so I asked the kids, like, hey, do you wanna come with me to work? And all three of them, of course, they were like, yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, it's kind of, it's kind of a boring place. We wanna go, okay. So I bring, them, I bring them to work with me and, and you know, they, they're walking around, they're meeting you know, the, the different people that work there. They think the, the water cooler is the coolest thing ever, right? And they're filling up cups and wasting, you know, little cone cups and whatever. And, um, and at some point, I start, to, I start to realize like, oh, the thing that they love about this isn't that the office is a cool place to be. The thing they love about this is they get to do it with dad. They've been hearing every single day dad say, okay, I'm going to work now. And I'm coming home and, and, and hey, I'm, I'm back from work. And they've wanted to know like, well, what's work? And now on this day, they got to be with dad at work. Right? They got to be with me in a new way. They got to be a part of my life in a new way. And that's the thing that the father was inviting me to. That's the thing the father is inviting us to. Right? When God invites us into mission, it's take your child to work day. The God of the universe is inviting us to come with him as he does the thing that he most loves to do, which is go and rescue the non-believer and bring them into the family. <clears throat> um, that idea, take your, take, your ch- t- take your child to work day, um, in some ways, that has sort of become my m- motivating phrase, if you want to call it that, for all, of my, all of, kind of my life of mission, all of my evangelism. Everything is sort of motivated by that. It's not motivated so much by, like, I, I want to see lost people come to know Jesus. And I do. I want to see that. But more than that, I want to know more of God. I wanna be around God. I wanna know the heart of my father. I wanna be as close to him as I can. Right? And being on mission, helping people come to know Jesus too, that's how we get there. It's take your child to work day. Um, a, a few years later, uh, another kind of quick story. I, I, was, I was in a prayer time. Uh, this is when I lived in Los Angeles. I was in a prayer time, I was at a coffee shop. And so there I was, kind of sit down in this coffee shop. I was probably in my maybe early 20s. And I kind of open my Bible. I have my journal there. I'm ready to have a little, kind of, little quiet time. I have my cup of coffee. And um, I sit there. And right before I start journaling and start looking at Scripture, I just kind of, I had this, this thing where I would just kind of pause and just ask the Lord, God, is there anything you want to say to me right now? Right? And so I kind of sit there. And I sensed the Lord saying this. Give a man a dollar. And I was a little bit confused, right? Because I think I was sort of thinking I was going to be like, Hey, Steve, I love you, right? Or like, Hey, today study uh, Romans chapter 2, right? Or, Hey, Steve, some other thing. But it wasn't. It was give a man a dollar. And I had this little moment of like, Lord, that's random. Is that you? <laughs> and I felt God say, like, I had some sense of confirmation, like, yeah. And then I was like, uh, I'm looking around. There's, like, a lot of people in this cafe. Uh, who? Who? And I heard God say, um, you'll know him when you see him. He'll be standing right over there. And again, I had this sense, like, right outside the door of the cafe, there was this spot, and I had this sense there was gonna be a person standing right there and I was supposed to give him a dollar. Now, this is super weird and I'd never had an experience like this before. Honestly, I haven't had an experience like, quite like this since. Um, but I said, okay. And so, you know, different people would kind of walk by that spot on the sidewalk outside and, and I'm like, every time they would walk by, I'm like, is it gonna be him? Is it him? And they would walk by and it's like, not him. And, and then the whole time thinking like, is this dumb? Am I, stu- like, am I really hear this from God? Like, you know. And finally at some point, someone stands there, comes there, is on his cell phone, boom, stops. And he's talking on the phone, and he's just standing in that spot for like three or four minutes. And I just know that's the guy. I suppose he- And in some ways I felt excited, but in more ways I just kind of felt like the sense of dread. Like, oh my gosh, now I really have to do this thing. Or like, now I really have to... What am I, like, I gotta really hand this man a dollar. He doesn't look like he needs a dollar. He's got a cell phone, right? He's dressed real well. <clears throat> um, and sure enough, the guy closes up, at some point he closes up the phone. He cl- it was a flip phone. Was, I'm, oh, I'm old. Um, he closes up his phone, and he walks, he walks inside the cafe, and he walks over, and he sits down about five feet from where I'm at. Boom. <clears throat> and I'm just like, Oh, God. And I have this like, am I going to do it? I'm not going to do it. Am I going to do it? What am, what's? And I'm like, I got to do it. Like, I, I've just, I, I've, I've come too far in this life. If I, I just, I know that when God says something random, I just got to do it. And so I reach, I reach inside my pocket. I pull out a crinkly old dollar. And I'm like, Jesus, do something with this. I don't know. I'm afraid. But okay, here we go. <laughs> and I walk over. I lean over. He's not even that far. And I was like, excuse me. And he's like, what? Huh? And he's like, excuse me. um, This might be kind of weird. This might sound kind of weird, but um, I felt like I heard God say that I was supposed to give you a dollar. So here you go. <laughs> and then I just wait, right? Like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> and sort of hoping that he's gonna be like, oh my gosh, I totally needed this dollar, right? And da. He he grabs the dollar and he looks at me, and it was like my worst fear happened right before. He goes, uh, okay. <laughs> and he takes the dollar, puts it in his pocket. And goes back to what he was doing. And I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, I feel stupid, right? Like, what did I just do? I'm like kind of sweating a little bit, right? Like it's just, um, and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, Lord, well, at least I was obedient, right? At least I did this thing you said I was supposed to do. Hopefully you're pleased with me today, Lord, right? And I go back to my prayer time. Um, and a moment later same guy. He goes, wait, hold on one second. He goes, did you just say that God told you to give me a dollar? And I was like, mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, when I, when I pray, I, I, I tell God things, but I also listen for God's voice, and, and I, heard, I heard him tell me that, to, you know, to, to give you a dollar, and so I did. And he's like, so you're telling me that you can hear God speaking to you? And I was like, yeah. And the man just began to open up at that point about how he used to go to church when he was a child. Um, but all church was was all these kind of rules and do's and don'ts and and. His entire concept of God was this God that was far away, that just didn't want him to do the bad stuff, but only wanted him to do good stuff, um, but was distant. And he told me, like, after, after a little bit of that, once I moved out of my house, I never wanted to have to do, I wanted nothing to do with religion ever again. Until right now. He's like, can you tell me more about this God. And there I did, I just I told him about the God who loves to be near us, and who loves us, and who speaks to us, right? and doesn't condemn us, but accepts us and forgives us. An amazing conversation. All because I decided to heed the words that God had, this random thing, give a man a dollar. Right? I got to be a part of God drawing him back to himself. Oh, that's. Um, so what are, what are some barriers and what are some practicals? What are some barriers and how do we overcome those barriers if we want to live a life this way? A um, couple things. First, um, I think one barrier is just the fear of being awkward, right? Uh, that's not just some of us in the room. I guarantee you that's every single one of us in the room have some fear, some maybe more than others, of being or looking awkward. Nobody likes to look awkward. And I think that keeps us a lot of times from doing the things that God asks us to do. Um, So how do we get over that? How do we get past the barrier of being awkward? Three things. I think it's what Philip does. First, he's available. Make space in your life to hear from God. Especially, not just words for yourself, but make, make space in your life to hear missional assignments from God. Let God send you somewhere. Let God invite you to do something that's outside your comfort zone, right? Be available, that's number one. Number two is listen for God's voice. Again, it's simple. Um, Philip does it, he's always listening for God's voice. You saw me do that in the cafe, just listen. And the third thing is to obey. Steve, how do I get over my fear of, of being awkward? You just do it. There's no magic trick. Someone once told me that the the feeling of fear and awkwardness, the fear and the feeling of excitement and thrill, are almost the exact same emotion. If you can somehow let yourself know that that fear that you're feeling can very quickly turn into thrill and excitement, maybe that helps you, it kinda helps me. It's a little bit like being on a roller coaster and we pay money to do that, (laughs) right? Allow yourself to kinda press into that fear. Other barriers, and I think actually the, the, sec, the second barrier is, is even more, um, more true than the first one. I think the second barrier really is just other stuff. What keeps us from leading a missional life? Other stuff fills our life, right? Um, chores, deadlines, academics, getting kids to soccer practice. Um, I think we become not missional just by default because our lives are just so full of other stuff. And so we're not paying attention to God's voice. Do you guys feel that? Other stuff just sort of crowds God out. Um, how do we get over that barrier? It's actually the exact same three things. right? Um, and if maybe, maybe specifically on become available, I think it's worth it to think about how can you make a rhythm in your life where you are intentionally being available. One of the things that Larissa sometimes does, she tells me, is that the first thing she does when she wakes up in the morning is she just asks the Lord, God, is there anything you want to say to me today? Anything you want me to do today? Boom. And if, and if there is, she does it. Right? Is there a way that you can kind of make a habit to make yourself available to God? I'm going to invite um, Shira up. And just to close... I want to go back to that story of when we left for the Philippines. <clears throat> so we got that word from Alex about Tino, and we head off to the Philippines. Um, and after, you know, after we got there, Larissa and I were living with two different host families. And the family that Larissa was staying with, um, there, were, there were a lot of different people in the family. One of the people that lived there was an adult son of the, kind of the two parents. Um, and his name was Rodolfo. He was probably in his early 20s. And the third day they were there, just over a normal breakfast conversation, Rodolfo turns to Larissa and the other, um, uh, turns to Larissa and says, um, Hey, so my friend who isn't a Christian, she heard that you guys are here staying with us and that you guys are Christians. Um, and she wants to know, would you lead a Bible study for all of us tonight? And, uh, and Larissa's like, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's do a Bible study, right? Um, and I'm like okay, well. Um, later that night, and it was late that night. It was probably about ten or ten thirty at night. Definitely for anyone who's a parent, it's bedtime, right? About ten or ten thirty. Um, uh, Larissa, you know, and and her uh, the the person that she was there staying with. They get back to the house, and uh, and the lights are on, and they get there, and sure enough, they're sitting in the living room. Is Rodolfo? And this other woman. And they come in, and, and, and Rodolfo's just all smiles. And Rodolfo's like, hey, hi, hey, Larissa, welcome back. Um, I want you to meet my friend. Um, this is my friend. Her name is Teen. Teen. And the, and, the, and the woman jumped in, like, yeah, my name's Christine. Nice to meet you. Um, but, but definitely, you can call me Teen. That's what everyone calls me. It's short for Christine. Right? And you can put a picture up. Um, and there, and there she was. And instantly, Larissa was like, huh? Tino. Tino, or teen. This is the person. This is teen. This is the person that God was telling us he was already working in their life. He was already speaking to. And, th- and there, and she was like, instead of a Bible study, this is, uh, teen b- keeps going. Instead of a Bible study, um, I was thinking could we just skip that and go straight to the part where you where you share the gospel with me (laughs) and Larissa was like uh yeah I can um and she kind of improvises right and she sort of jumps into the the gospel of John and goes through a couple of her favorite scriptures and then Larissa tells her her own testimony and then Larissa asked Teen, Teen, do you do you want this? Do you want to do you want to be a Christian? Do you want to follow Jesus? And Teen was like, "I do. I want to right now. What what do I need to do to be a Christian right now?" And Larissa's like, "Um and before Larissa could answer, Teen's like, "Is there a prayer I should pray? What prayer should I pray? Can I pray some kind of prayer right now to become a Christian?" And Larissa's like, "Totally." And right there before her eyes, teen gave her entire life over to Jesus. Teen went from someone who didn't know God to being curious enough to ask for a Bible study, to ask for the gospel, to I wanna give my life to Jesus right now. Larissa, can you help me? And I love that, right? I love that here's this person that God already told us he was at work in. This person that God already said, I'm doing something in teen. Will you come? Will you help? And there she was, teen. The guy from, the the woman from the prophecy, right, who came to faith. I love that this is the thing that is offered to us if we decide we're gonna live lives of mission. If we decide, yes, I, I, I wanna be a part of that. I wanna be like Philip. I wanna be like Larissa. I wanna have my life oriented towards mission. I wanna have my life oriented towards going after the one. Right? I wanna have my life right, continually being take your child to work day and being with the Father. All of us, have that available to us this morning do you want that do you want stories like that do you want more of God's heart I think God was thrilled when teen became a follower right and Larissa got to share in that joy in that moment do you want that I'm gonna create a little bit of space just to to respond here I think there's a lot of different ways that God might be speaking to us, a lot of different ways God might be inviting us to respond. Um, there's a couple specific ways though I wanna give us a chance to, uh, to publicly respond. I, I think that, that sometimes it's just, it's helpful to have a kind of a, a, a public moment of responding. Um, part of that is because our faith, our faith is personal for all of us but it's not private, right? Faith is lived out in public um, and so, there's a couple ways I'm going to invite us to respond. First, I think there's some of us here in the room who are hearing these stories, of of, of, of Philip, or maybe of of me, and, and the kind of the, the give the guy a dollar. And you're here, and you're like, I want stories like that. I want to do that. And for you, the decision this morning is to fundamentally orient your life towards mission. You've never made a decision to say, my life is about. The mission of God my life is about the same thing that God is about and that is seeing other people come to know him and so if that's you this morning in just a minute I'm gonna invite you just to stand up just to make that decision my life I want my life to be fundamentally about the mission of God I think there's a second group this morning um, and you're a little bit more like the eunuch in the story you have been curious you're here, you've never, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but you're definitely aware of something. You're aware of God. You're aware of a kind of life or a kind of relationship with God that exists, but you've just sort of been hesitant to take that next step. And for the eunuch, what it was was when he went by the water, he asked, can I be baptized right now? For teen, it was, is there, is there something I can do right now to be a Christian? I think for some of you this morning, all you need is just that invitation to say yes. And so I want to give you that chance in just a moment to, um, if that's you, in just a minute, I'm going to give you a chance to stand up and say, yeah, I, I, I'm like that eunuch, but I want, to, I want to stand up and say, yes, I want to follow Jesus this morning. So just right where you're at, however it is, um, I want you just to kind of take a moment with the Holy Spirit and just listen. What is it that God's doing or saying to you? It might be something completely different than that. What's God saying to you? Take a moment and we'll come back together. Um, <clears throat> let's come back together. So, so yeah, that, that first group. Again, I think there's some in here who, I think there's some, some of us in here that have made a decision. Yes, my, my life is about the mission of God. And so that's not who I'm talking to right now. But if you've never actually made that decision, if you've never made a decision to say, I want my life to be about the mission of God, I wanna be like Philip, right? I wanna be given over to seeing people come to know Jesus. I want that to be what my life is about. And this morning, you, you wanna make that decision, like, yes, Jesus, that's, that's the kind of life I want. If that's you right now, if that's you, I want you to just go ahead and stand up and say, yeah, I wanna be like Philip. I want my life to be about the mission of God. I want my life to be take your child to work day. If that's you, go ahead and stand up because I think there's some stories that God wants to write in your life through you. There's people like Teen that God wants to bring to faith and he wants to use you to do it. And if you feel like the Holy Spirit kind of nudging you in that way, again, go ahead and stand right now. I want my life to be about the mission of God. I want God to use me that way. Anyone else? Awesome. If there's someone standing near you, you can just lay a hand on them. Let me pray. God, I just pray for my brothers and sisters here. God, we know that when you invite us into something, you invite us into it for our joy. You're inviting us in because you want us to experience the best of the kingdom. And the best of the kingdom lies in the margins where you're actively right now at work. And so I, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come down, fill my brothers and sisters with boldness, fill them with your love, fill them with your joy. Open their ears, help them to hear the specific instructions that you have for them. I think there's specific instructions you're even giving them right now in this moment. Help them to have that thing in them that gets gets them past fear and into obedience